Hey there, Sovereigns. Monica Grace from CardReadingQueen.com here. Today's topic is, are you choosing your twin soul or are you choosing a false high? I wanted to create this because I have been talking about getting high versus uh, getting, getting high through a false means. So like a false high versus getting high through... God or your higher power or the universe, spirit, source, your creator, whatever you want to call that relationship that you have to life and everything in your life. So I just, I, I've been getting some questions about uh, the false high and trying to understand what a false high is specifically. So the best example of getting high, which is where this concept of the false high comes from, is drugs, alcohol, addiction, basically. So when people are doing drugs, um, you know, if they're doing it recreationally, then that's totally fine. Uh, I don't have an issue with drugs or alcohol or anything. Um, and it, it's not... See, the thing is, it's not the thing, it's the meaning behind the thing. So, you know, if you are, if you um, have a glass of beer, for example, that is not, um, that's not necessarily getting high or having a false high. It's if you are abusing alcohol in order to numb out, that is what the false high is. Um, so I hope that makes sense. So the gist of the concept of the false high is that if you are using something in your life, it could really be anything. It doesn't have to be drugs or alcohol or any addictive substance. It could be anything. If you are using that to try to feel good temporarily, then that is a false high. So, and especially if you do something in your regular life and it leaves you feeling empty or more drained afterward. So the, the issue is that it's that the only high you really want is your higher power. Like that, that is truly the only high you want because your higher power is the only source of permanent high, if that makes sense. So it's basically that when you are doing something to feel good, uh, t and especially if it's kind of like a quick hit or like it gets you very high for a short period of time and then you fall off and you're right back to where you were. If you are doing that, what you are really looking for is your higher power. You are looking, cause it's not, you don't want a temporary high. You actually want a permanent high. You don't want to feel good temporarily. You want to feel good permanently. And the only way to feel good permanently, uh, literally the only game in town um, on planet earth to feel good permanently is to grow closer to your higher power. So, Finding love, finding peace, finding joy in life is it's not gonna come from these false highs. Um, so you see people sometimes, especially especially uh people, 
you know, sometimes people are trying to use drugs to, um, to, or, and like psychedelics in order to connect. Um, and they're using it as like a tool to connect to their intuition basically. So I'm, um, and like the image that's coming to my mind is a, uh, a show called heroes that was, that came out a long time ago, but there was this artist who couldn't do his art unless he was high on drugs. Like he had, he had to use psychedelics in order to do his art. And then when he did his art, I think it was like a vision, like it would, it would be like a vision of the future and predict the future. So it, it's kind of, um, you know, it, it's really the whole idea behind it is that you are seeking, you're seeking something outside yourself to make you happy, peaceful, loving, uh, feeling good, whatever it might be. It's also this desire to, um, it's, it's almost like a shortcut or like a get rich quick scheme. It's a desire to feel good without having to put in any real work to do so. Because like a drug, all you do is, you know, you just stick it in your mouth or you, you know, you drink a ton of alcohol or whatever it is. And it does make you feel good temporarily, but it wasn't gained through any growth or spiritual means, uh, typically. And so thus it's not a permanent effort. Um, so the, the other thing about the false high is that there's no, there's no foundation to it. And by that, I mean, there's no, um, spiritual kind of, kind of what I already said, there's no growth. Um, there's no spiritual effort there. There's no spiritual healing there. And so because it's not built on a foundation, that's why there's always a crash, uh, afterwards. Um, what else? Uh, yeah. So you can only, I'm trying to come up with some words around this, but basically with the false high, it's something that you're trying to create feeling good on the outside. Uh, you're trying to get that feeling of good without having to do the spiritual work, like without having to essentially heal through your wounding, heal through your pain. Um, and then you, uh, you're basically getting numb. Um, and that, and that's, that's really the problem with the false high. Um, there's nothing wrong with doing something temporarily to feel good. Uh, aside from you have to know that like, it's, you know, it's not a permanent thing. It's a sandcastle that you're building basically. Um, and, but the truth of it is that you can also use that false high or even a series of false highs to numb your pain, to ignore your wounding. And that's where it can become a real problem. So for me, I, after, so I separated from my ex-husband, uh, I think it was February of 2011. And at that point, like I was already not, I was already drinking, you know, a decent amount of alcohol every week, uh, drinking, certainly drinking more alcohol than a typical, a typical person would, or than you would expect a typical person to drink and 
I was, you know, I was like mid to late twenties. So it's not, it's not too crazy, but it was quite a bit of alcohol. And when we separated, I started drinking a lot more. So I was drinking almost a bottle of wine by myself every night, even on weeknights. <laughs> and then I would go to my job the next day. It was pretty bad. Uh, and I, and I would say I did this, I don't know, like probably three to four times a week would be my guess. Um, and then if I was not doing that, then I was hanging out with my coworkers and we were typically going out to like dinner or, uh, a bar or whatever. Um, so it'd be coworkers, it, you know, friends was another one. So um, which like at that time, a lot of my friends were my coworkers, uh, though I, I had a big network, uh, where I lived cause I lived in, I lived in a big city, Chicago. And basically what I was doing is I was numbing out to the deep pain I was feeling over my divorce. Like that was why my alcohol intake was kicking up even more. So before that, I had been numbing out to other pain and alcohol had always been something that I went to, um, to numb out to pain. And then this was kind of the, um, the peak of that was when I had separated from my ex-husband. So I realized that I probably had a problem and I did consider whether I was an alcoholic and whether I just needed to go completely clean. It, I, you know, I, I toyed with that for a little bit and decided instead that I was just an alcohol abuser at that time. So I was just abusing the alcohol um, in order to numb out from my feelings. And I decided to make a new choice and make a change and I stopped drinking. And it's not to say that I, like, I still, you know, I still have a beer every once in a while or a glass of wine, but I would say that my alcohol intake is down to like one glass of alcohol every like one to four weeks. So just depending, you know, if we have like a celebration, I might, you know, there might be more, I might, I might have like two drinks, but for the most part, even when I go out, I usually have like a glass of wine or a beer, like maybe two beers or maybe two glasses of wine, but that's it. And that's pretty rare. That's probably like once, once a month, maybe. So the point of it is that the alcohol abuse was a false high for me. And I started to understand through that experience, all the places that I was going after a false high. So I was also going after a false high around money, like having a certain amount of money in my bank account. I was going after a false high with friends and coworkers. And I think I've talked about this before, how in Chicago, your, your friend circle was heavily based on who you worked with. And it was often that once you left the job, you were no longer, um, you were no longer friends with those people or you no longer hung out with those people very much. And 
I thought about this for a long time, trying to understand what was going on. And what I figured out was that with coworkers, it was like, it was like you were building the friendship on a false high. And I, I noticed that, uh, and you know, a lot of the friendship was built on like going out after work to like have a beer or whatever it might be, or, you know, it was always based on something that was drinking related. And then even if it wasn't, it was always, you know, there was always like discussion of work, uh, which for me at least was not in alignment with who I was because I wasn't meant to be in corporate. I was meant to be an entrepreneur. And so um, between all of that, it's like every friendship fell apart um, eventually because it wasn't based on a foundation. It was based on a bunch of my own false highs. So um, that's what the false high is. And uh, you know, I think, again, I think that you have to be really discerning about what's a false high for you or not. Uh, so for me, you know, I've talked about, um, corporate, you know, friends in corporate that it just didn't work out long-term. I talked about alcohol abuse, um, some other highs, some other false highs for me, um, definitely like playing on my phone. Uh, so I'm like a, I guess an avid Candy Crush player, or I have been in the past. And playing on my phone is another example of like a false high for me because it doesn't, it like actually doesn't even make me feel good. So there's like all these soft addictions in our life, uh, like checking social media or, you know, internet stuff, or even like pornography can be a false high um, because it, it, um, and it just depends on how you use it. Like it's a false high if you prefer it or if you are like numbing out to having a vulnerable relationship with someone. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what the false high is. And it can really be anything. Like another false high for me is achievements. Um, so for example, I... For a long time, I was like, I am going to do whatever it takes to be a New York Times bestseller. And in truth, I don't, you know, I had that on my goals list for just years. And like every day I would write it down as like one of my goals is I want to be a New York Times bestseller. And it's not that I'm I, like there, that may be something that happens eventually. So I'm not a New York times bestseller. I am a USA today bestseller. Um, and so it may still happen for me. It's not that there's anything bad about it or, you know, anything like that. But eventually I realized that that achievement for me was chasing a false high because I really didn't want to be a New York times bestseller. What I ultimately wanted was to, uh, build, you know, do projects that I was passionate about. Um, so I didn't, I didn't necessarily want to fit all my projects or any of my projects into the structure of the New York Times bestseller. And, um, I didn't want to pour a ton of money into becoming a New York Times bestseller because you can basically buy your way onto the list for like 30 grand. Uh, so I didn't want to do that because it just wasn't in full alignment with, um, with me, at least, uh, at the time, like right now, I would not say becoming a New York times bestseller is in my top like 20 
list of goals right now, but it used to be in my top five. Um, and really it was in like my top two. So that, that was like a false high, another false high that I was chasing. I think if I had ever hit it, I think I'd be happy for like a week and then I'd just be like, okay, this was like, what's next, you know? Um, so that's how you can kind of discern, uh, typically. So like a true high in your life, like if something is truly making you feel good, it's going to make you feel good because you've, um, done the healing work to receive it. Like that's what makes you feel good about it is that it's an up level or an upgrade. Uh, it's not ever going to feel good if it's like, you know, if, if it's been gained through like lies, manipulation, or even just like taking. Um, and so the false high, it's really like you are taking from life in some way where the true high and the high that is aligned to your higher power is when, um, it's a flow of exchange. Um, and, and when you've like grounded that, uh, healing deep into yourself. And so you have that healing with you permanently. So, um, some examples of true highs for me is the house I'm living in right now. Um, that this house is, it's permanently in my vibration. Like I could lose this house. Um, you know, I could lose it at any time. And within a couple of years, I'd be living in a house like this again. And that's because I did the true healing work around uh, receiving a house like this and living in this house. Uh, the same is true for a number of other things. Like, um, like my business is another one. It's like, you could take away all the books I've ever written. You could burn it all down. And within a couple years, I would have like the same number of books that I have right now. Uh, even, even if you like you, and I have like 20 or 30 books at this point, like you could, you could delete all of them and it, it would not feel good. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, it would, it would be hard, but I could like within a couple years, I would have the same business that I have right now, same businesses. Uh, and it's because the, the internal is what creates the external. So any, any skill or any healing that you have internally, uh, you can turn that inner resource into an external resource very easily. Any external resource you have, you can't really do, like you can't turn it into an inner resource. You can only hold on to it for as long as the universe lets you basically. And then when you lose it, like it's gone because you didn't do the work to ground that external resource in, into the internal. And you did like, it's a, it's an inner job, um, to be able to hold things in the external in your vibration over longer periods of time. So that's how you discern between that false high. It's like, um, yeah, like if you're, are you taking the life or are you giving to life? And this is the fruits of your labor. Uh, and, and the latter is the true high. And so what I have learned is that the true high is really the only thing worth chasing. And I've chased a ton of false highs. Um, 
like tons and tons. I've, I've given you many examples in this already. I've chased a ton of false highs and every single time it falls apart very quickly. The only thing that is worth chasing in those in my life right now are things that I attain through true high. Um, and, and the true high is aligning to your higher power, basically, um, doing the inner work. And, and it's really the only game in town is the problem. Um, there's no, there's like nothing else that you can do in life, uh, unless you just want chaos. So if you, if you want a ton of chaos and sure, like, you know, build, build sandcastles, but if you, and like chase the false highs, but if you want uh, peace in your life, you have to chase the things that are aligned to you. And the only way you do that is by healing yourself, um, doing the inner work and your life begins to line up very perfectly around you as a result. And when you do that, what you learn about, um, the twin soul relationship. So first of all, is this is why you want your twin soul because there's no other, there's like no other game in town. Like you're not going to, you can be with somebody else, but it's going to be a false high for you basically. Um, and you know, that person can kind of like, like the two of you can kind of leave each other at any time because there's no true foundation there. Uh, there's no true alignment there that is spiritually grounded. So that's the twin soul piece of it. Um, and it, it's really, you know, it's true for everything in life. <laughs> that's, that's just the unfortunate truth for, and it, it's going to be unfortunate for some people. Some people are like, great, like all I have to do is the inner work and then my perfect life lines up for me um, over time. Like I have to just continue choosing that um, everything that's in alignment to me and my higher power and my and my twin soul because of the twin soul trinity. Some people um, are going to struggle with that because the false high seems easier um, and it's it's not. The false high is the only thing that a false high can offer you is chaos. Um, and that is not easier than true foundation and true alignment. Like you're going to work just as hard for the false high. And it's really going to just be like, it's just going to be like nothing in your hand. Um, you're going to rub your hands together and it flies away. So I encourage you to examine your own life. And I, I do, I take inventory of this pretty regularly, actually, of like, what are the false highs I'm tra I'm chasing? Um, and then I just go in and I heal those things. Like I heal, like the New York Times bestseller list, like I've healed my need for that because that was only coming from ego. Like that's, that's the only reason I wanted it was to be able to say like, I'm a New York Times bestseller. Um, and it's, it's all just ego and you don't get things by, um, choosing fear and ego. Uh, you get things only by choosing love. Um, and as you choose love permanently, you receive those things permanently as well. All of this is how the law of attraction works. And I hope that this clarifies what I'm talking about when I talk about false highs in some of my other content. That's all for me. Thank you so much for watching and listening. I hope this was helpful to you. Have a beautiful and blessed day.